0: Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt, and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's
1: episode.
0: Right, first thing, mate. Um, hello, everyone that's listening. First, thing I want to get over and done with. This is the football, by the way.
1: Oh yeah, to two. Oh yeah. I looked at the I looked at the score and I said, I know a guy who's local fan. I said, I said I wouldn't mind losing to you. If we played well, I would not obviously I'm not happy. I'd be happier to lose 5-0 and play well than play like a pile of shit like we have We and get stuffed. Mm-hmm. I looked at my phone and I, I was sent the other minutes like, how in the world can we not beat bun teams? We can, we didn't beat you obviously, but how can we run up against the best team in the league by a country mile who are 10 times as good as us at the minute? How is that possible? It pissed me off a bit. Yeah. So you lazy bastards are on three hundred grand a week and you should be turning out every week, not just for the big games. <laughs>
0: um. Well, anyway. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, I I wouldn't say we're the best team in the league. Liverpool aren't the best team in the league, mate, Man City still are by a long, long way. Despite us being top, they're still Cal- than us.
1: in the first 10 games of the season, whatever, however many have in.
0: Yeah, yeah we, we've obviously picked the best results, but I still think they will win the league. And I still think... I said this to Chris last year, and I'll say it again. I think they're a better team than us, and they'll pick up more points between now and the end of the season than we will. I think they're a
1: better squad than you are. Yeah. unless team.
0: Over a season, that counts,
1: doesn't it? Oh, yeah, 100%. If you get in to key players, they can just bring another £60 million player behind. Yeah,
0: which they do regularly. So, um, yeah, which obviously we ain't quite got that squad. But um, we were... fucking piss poor obviously I watched the whole game and we were fucking piss poor honestly I think that's the worst I've seen us play for as long as I can remember all of last season and obviously this season it's the worst I've seen us play like couldn't put three passes together
1: and I, I think, think that will the case because I didn't watch it I did yeah, think that would the
0: case where we were fucking terrible and I think United tactics work reasonably well in setting the full back they played three at the back wing backs pushed forward which obviously occupied our full backs quite well and then we had a bit of ball in the midfield, but because we were so fucking poor, we just couldn't keep the ball. So, just basically, that was like, we made. I, <laughs> I like what Jeremy Carriger said. This is what he said in commentary. and I, this is how I agree with him. And I'm not being derogatory towards Man United. I generally think this is what happened. But he said, Liverpool are making Man United look like Man United. <laughs> well,
1: thought, they, well, they would have been. If my team would beat you, they would have fucked it up. Yeah. be might have beaten you on the strength of their team at the minute.
0: No, but I suppose. What I would say is it's definitely an improvement, despite what how shit United have been. Like, they, made, they made us look crap, and we obviously were shit, to be fair. I think, like Klopp said in the interview afterwards, I don't know why we're saying this on the nutrition podcast, because most people, if you're not interested in football, you can piss off now. And fast forward, I don't know, 10 minutes, because we'll probably be going on this for ages. But Klopp said about, me and Johnny just catching up. Um, <sharp inhale> anyway, Klopp said about, um, obviously, he may not push pushed lines up, but we just couldn't play through him. And I think that was very fair. Like We had to play across those lines. If we got in behind you, we'd have probably did really well. But we just never did. We just couldn't put two bars together. And then we obviously just allowed the pressure to get to us. Anyway, let's get that over and done with. I was happy with a draw in the end, given um, the fact that we were losing for 85 minutes of the game. Um, I
1: think going generally, when big teams, well, normally my title class was big team, are you know, big teams, <clears throat> someone always says, oh, they play really well, or they play really shit. Generally, it's somewhere in the middle of it. The- one team that usually stifles the other team and they don't look as good because they can't play as well. It's like, you know, Liverpool have smashed teams 5-6, 7 nil. It's like, are they really that bad? Not yeah. really. No. It's always the case, isn't it? But in all fairness, I thought I going to slam us 5 nil. I thought, fuck, I didn't not watch it. Didn't watch any of it.
0: Yeah,
1: well, I just it's... respond to them at a the minute because they don't play well. The tactics are shocking. It's like they can't be asked. I'm like, I'm not paying to watch you
0: yeah don't get don't get me wrong, I don't think there was ever any moments where I thought, oh my God, man, I'd absolutely like dominate because they never did, but they just made it really hard for us and we and I think like we just never we were so poor, we were just not good enough to beat you, so we just never made a game of it, so it just and obviously there's like one one goal should have been disallowed v a r unfortunately but there we go. Everyone in the studio is saying foul, and then you went and broke away and scored immediately for like what two passes from a foul, and then it's in the back of net. And check VAR, and they said, nah, referee can't overrule referee because obviously it's got to be an un- this this whole idea of a clear and obvious error, which is ridiculous. But everyone in everyone's saying that's a foul all day long, and they just not giving it, and therefore we you should never have turned around and
1: scored. But finally. I think generally those decisions usually get averaged out across the season tonight. Generally, yeah, I think.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah, anyway, I mean, I'm not moaning about it because we didn't deserve more on the point the way we played, so. Anyway, we are back. We're back in the world of nutrition. Um, what has been happening with J-Dog? Obviously, you were not on last week with our error, which I hope doesn't happen again this week, of uh, Ed. I don't know if you've, you've even listened, so you may not even know, because I don't think we even told you, but we had a bit of an error where they had no audio from me on my end, so it was just Ed talking to himself for the first 25 minutes of last week's podcast. <laughs> oh so um, we we cut that off lucky enough that was just most of me talking about my holiday oh that's very nice yeah so obviously no one got to hear about me talking um, or ranting about um, Sunbedgate or hashtag extreme sunbate lounging basically people getting out are like seven eight no before that, i was going to the gym about seven and i was walking past the pool to get to the fitness center and there was people out on sunbeds like these big double ones with like fucking mattresses on basically like these fancy ones people out there at well prior to seven o'clock because obviously they're already out there when i got there and one guy like i think every single sunbed had one person on so i'm assuming that that wasn't like a couple had split and were saving two because why would they need two? Because the double one, they don't need one. So I'm assuming, like, the partner in the bedroom was like kicking them out, saying, Your turn to get out this morning, go get that fucking sunbed. So they're out there on the sunbed, literally, like, two towels over the head, trying to block out all the sunlight and go back to sleep on these fucking sunbeds. I was like, That's a bit extreme. Why don't you just stay in bed and don't worry about it? Just yeah, get a I
1: don't sunbed. Yeah, Or but... get a shimmer problem.
0: Yeah, well, exactly what I had. they have that problem. Fuck a swimming room but it, I mean don't be me wrong there was plenty of sweat, like lounges around so it's not like they were ever not going to get a lounger but they clearly just wanted these like fancy fuckers with a you know, like, double ones with literally it was like a mattress on it so
1: whatever yeah. Eh? I, I just
0: think it's a bit extreme just even for that you
1: know I had a swim room once and I thought if I can afford it I, I would do that every
0: time it I, do, sh- I do it every time as you know mate every time I go now and it is mainly because of the kids really it's just it's so much easier having
1: kids yeah. but yeah, we got a private pool. <coughs> oh, oh, I got a private pool. <laughs> yeah, private pool next year in Greece. So that'll
0: be uh, that'll be decent. Yeah, you should do, mate. It's your, your uh, wedding. Um, I had a private pool in my wedding actually as well. Did I ever tell you this? I think so. No? So obviously, I got obviously, obviously, like everyone knows my life. Sorry, I got married in Antigua. You know this. Not everyone else might do. Um, in a sandals hotel and um, I booked the, well, I think it's the most expensive room option. It was a private villa with a private pool on the grounds. Nice. Guess how much that cost me for one week?
1: With the wedding included?
0: No, no. So basically we booked two weeks at the hotel, one week in like a standard room. And then the second week after we got married, bang in the middle, we then moved to this villa. So just for the villa part and not the, right. nothing to do with the wedding, just the villa. How much did that cost? In Antigua. Wedding?
1: What time of the year? November.
0: That's that's obviously like start of the season. So. And it's a Sandals resort. Sandals, yeah. So obviously it's not. round. Nine. Oh. For one fucking week. I wouldn't change it though. I'll be honest. I wouldn't like. Uh, the funny thing is, the private pool was more like a plunge pool than a private pool. You couldn't swim in it. You just you, well, you couldn't. You could swim around a little bit, but it's not like you can do lengths or anything. It's not was nowhere near big enough. Um, it was also shaded for. 60% of the day. <laughs> so, you spent more time at yeah. the pool. <laughs> so, I spent nine grand to
1: sit by the pool anyway. <laughs> it is a lot of cash, but you'd think, well, if you want to get married once, as like, well,
0: Oh, yeah, mate, is exactly that what I thought? And I wouldn't change it. I had my own butler for Christ's sake. How cool was that? I, they even they gave me one of these old school like Nokia like two line screen Nokia phones when I got there. We just had one number programmed in. That's obviously the name, the number of the butler. So you just call the butler up and they'll do whatever. Never used it once, mind you. But you could call them up and get them to deliver stuff to the pool or to your villa or come you know, <laughs> anything you need. Yeah, but never used it not once. But the thing is, I'm not sure I'd trust the dude. Like when we were moving into the villa on that day. He um, he dropped a whole bottle of, um, what's the brand? It's like Icelandic brand, I can't think of it. it, was quite a nice brand of vodka, but dropped a whole like two litre, like a big bottle, Um <laughs> when he was moving the minibar, just dropped it in the doorway as we were moving our stuff in. I was like, oh, fuck, it's just smashed everywhere. Uh, to them,
1: it's the <laughs> wedding money, innit? Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, Jenny wants, she wants to go on look at her honeymoon, depends on cash, obviously, yeah? It's like, when you look around, it's like sometimes you pay, for, I don't know if you know what I mean, you pay for the country you're going to, not the hotel you're staying at. Like she said, I'd love to go to the Maldives. By so looking at them, it's like, something it's like four grand a person, the hotel is not four grand standard. Yeah. Like, if I paid after that, I would want my money back. Yeah, yeah. I know Dominican is, to me, it's like the cheaper Caribbean island. But you yeah, go there, yeah, a- you go to Hard Rock Cafe, you're paying two grand a person, but You're paying for the hotel, not for the island, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. The hotel I find was much better, There's a jacuzzi in the room like every room had a jacuzzi in it. It's so, like for me, I'd rather pay that than pay to say I've been to the Maldives. Like, I don't really care. It's yeah. so, like I'm paying a mega money, then I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, we look like some like you know, normal 1500 person, two grand a person, one popped up 25,000 a person. <sighs> it's not really you know, Where it's not that? really. Maldives? The Maldives. Yeah, something, something like that. Like Maldives. It was, it was a sandals resort, funny enough. It was like a fort, like 25,000 each. So got, uh, I'd love to be able to afford something like that, but well, there's right. a place in the world I'd love to go to if I ever had the money, but it's like 40 or 50 grand a week. It's called Jade Mountain in the St. Saint, Saint Lucia, and you've got sweets built into the mountains, mm-hmm. and it just looks incredible yeah. but it's like unless you're a millionaire you ain't staying there
0: no well not unless you want to rack up a nice little credit card debt oh, shouldn't um shouldn't your honeymoon be actually in uh in well not greece what what is that cause what are you stand on what cause is it
1: it's... it is cos, yeah oh it's cause yeah shouldn't it be,
0: isn't that your honeymoon or
1: well i did say that. it would depend it really depends i'd just see what we can get on like october november time i'm 18 days off next year Yes. next November October see how much cash you got left so I don't
0: know can't see go what... wrong with Dominican I do like I've been to, to uh, Punta Cana now at least three times I think maybe four can't remember and I, I will say it's one of the best beaches I've been on as well
1: I'd been once Punta Cana and I just thought everything was better than in Europe and you were paying probably the same sort of money like yeah. the, you'd have mini buying room with not that i drink but full beer optics it's like well you don't get that new for the same price. I mean, they charge new a grand and a half to go to Den and Don, which is a shit hole. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway. Um, we blabbed enough. We we blabbed enough. Now, I just think, what else is going on? So, obviously, myself and Ed did uh, another corporate talk this week, which was very, 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 very enjoyable. Uh, we both really enjoyed the day. Um, so, anyone's listening and they run any type of companies so or have links with any corporate entities that want some uh, well-being at work style stuff we'd love to do it we want to do more um i said we've done a few now and um they're just i just really like kind of getting out into like different environments so outside of like the fitness industry it's basically speaking about nutrition and well-being and obviously we do speak holistically about some stuff how people can increase their well-being albeit it's still mostly nutrition uh, related as you'd expect but yeah, it was good fun um, just kind of chatting to the guys there. And we did some one-to-one consults afterwards and managed to kind of speak to people and provide a, a, a few a bit of guidance and some recommendations maybe on some, some particular um, like personal stuff for them. So <laughs> really enjoyed that. Um, and then obviously, because we're in the centre of land in San, me and Ed obviously had to go get a burger. So uh, I think we had, there was an Honest burger just down the road. So we went to Honest and um, had a burger there, which was nice.
1: Funny if I walked past a burger place, I can't remember what it was called. I was going to text you and go, is this a good place? Yeah. I remember what it was called. I think it was Green. And on, no difference, like the green sign. It could just be one that was like a local one that. You well, know,
0: you, they're, that's, they're, yeah, well, there'd be loads around. Obviously, you went far away from last week, obviously. Johnny, you were also in London that day, but on uh, on pleasure, not business, weren't you? you it were, was. You were obviously giving the missus a good time.
1: Oh, I. Yeah. Just take crazy beer. <laughs> You know, that's not technically in London, but it's in Beaconsfield. It's However, nice. that was a very, very nice, but very quirky room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't mind paying the money because, not that I'm a millionaire, like I wish I was, but you go for breakfast, you're sitting on an Italian handmade designer solid wood table, you think, and it's 50 and everything. you think, how much this must have cost them an absolute fortune? so I don't mind paying for stuff that you know they've put money into it a lot you know what I mean it's irrelevant but still
0: well it's one of those things where it's not obviously you're not talking extortion amounts it's not you're spending several thousands on it and you're just you're treating yourself into having a little enjoyment every now and then mate which I don't necessarily feel is is a bad thing I think if we align this much like nutrition a little bit of enjoyment every now and then is a good thing it's obviously when a little bit of enjoyment becomes a lot of enjoyment and very little budgeting I think that then becomes a problem
1: there's always a budget. Funny enough, I use a 0% interest credit card. Because <laughs> yeah. technically it's free money to borrow. Yeah, but you still got to pay it back, mate. Don't forget. Ah, yeah. You know, but yeah. you'd have to pay for it. You'd have to pay it back. We would have to pay it back. You'd have to pay interest on it. Oh, good. Good.
0: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the crazy bear. As they say around here. Bear.
1: It was very good. Couldn't find a village, though, because all there is a wooden door. She said, oh, there's a bear out front. Yeah. There's a statue of a bear which is like half the size of normal, which is behind a fucking plant. So it's not that obvious to find when it's hammering down the ring. <clears throat> there, was, um, there was pornography on the TV, though. Well,
0: why do you think you're paying so much money?
1: Well, you're looking through it, so just see what see what's on TV and it's possible in the background. looking through the films. I said, I guarantee you, we have to pay for any of these. So looking through Adult, I do so look I was there messing about today. I? I should have seen the names of I fucking mean, brilliant it was. I won't say it on here, but <clears throat> it was funny.
0: <laughs> what has this uh, podcast descended into? You talking about um,
1: adult entertainment in your uh, hotel. Usually comes I usually do degenerate it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, I was I wasn't willing to pay nine ninety nine. No, I
0: bet I wouldn't either. Like okay. that. What do you think you pawns about? I mean, sorry, I've, uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've never I not
1: know. There, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, let's swiftly move on. So, have we got anything else you want to. Well, was there anything else fun in London you did? People might be interested.
1: Uh, we had food at Marco Pierre White's place. One of us had a voucher, money won't pay for it otherwise. Mm. It was alright. Yeah. In the dungeons, Mad and the Dungeons, Madame Two Swords. I don't like Madame Two Swords, I think it's a little shit. Okay. Personally. Okay. Um, done the Dungeons without a pseudo. And a studio. I oh, done the aquarium, done a bit of wandering about, didn't dig a jumper, it was a little bit cold on one of the days Well it was
0: raining wasn't it on the Monday
1: Yeah on the it Monday it
0: raining Myself and Ed both got quite wet walking back to the tube station
1: Yeah
0: so And we we, we did the uh, sensible thing which is something also that came up in a, in a couple of the consults that I did anyway um, We did the sensible thing and uh, skipped a few tubes to get some extra steps in, to get some extra neat up which, yeah. bear in mind, it was then raining. It was a silly idea. But part, to be honest, part of it was forced because uh, we were just off Oxford Street and the first, the Oxford Street tube station was like closed for whatever reason. There was a tonne of people queuing outside and they'd shut the gates. So I just decided to walk to the next one down on the, same, search, the central line um, and see if that was open, which it was. But I thought, well, to walk a bit further because the next one was like Tottenham Court Road, which isn't too far off. So... All good. Obviously, bear in mind, just eating a massive double burger and chips um, and then followed off by uh, a brownie and ice cream at a place called Dice. Yes. Probably focusing on the miners there, really, aren't I? Trying to get a bit extra, few extra steps when I just smashed all that down, but, you know, every little counts, so every little
1: helps. We love to see. Yes. We only was a tube once.
0: Yeah, it's good. You can get loads of steps on if you uh, try and avoid some of the public transport in London. And to be fair, sometimes it's not even worth it. I mean, it obviously depends how far you got to go, but sometimes we, like by the time you get down into a tube station and get a tube across, you think I could have just
1: walked it. We walked from London Eye to Islington.
0: Did you? Oh well,
1: it's quite fun. I, I will walk. It's so Tottenham Court Road all the way up. It's a big road, isn't it? All the way oh. up there. Uh, and then, funny enough, we run into those wankers. Those what do they call those protesters, Like divvies. What are they called? Or yeah. Extinction. I was like, "Oh my god!" The,
0: the Brexit is. <laughs> you know,
1: there's all our monsters as well, and then the, the extinction rebellion, wherever. And it's just they cause in me. I was like, "Do you know what? I I probably seen more police that day than I have in my entire life in one place." Mm-hmm. It's like they must. I must have come with three hundred of them all within the same two streets. And what do you all do when you for these dickheads? Look, just round them up, chuck them in a van, and kick them out. Yeah, You, yeah. you, you are the government. You could do whatever you like. Usually. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't
0: say the they fucking Boris Johnson, mate. He can't do whatever he likes. Fucking do, the
1: not tri-
0: he? He tries to do what he wants. He thinks he's above the law, but hopefully he'll go to prison. So.
1: In one, of them, one of them stood up today. Was it the other day? Can we have provisions for childcare? If I was there, I would have punched him in the face. You're on 70 grand here for doing fuck all. Get off you lazy ass and find a babysitter and pay you 50 quid. You. Oh, I hate them. They're all wankers. they all should be sacked because they're all useless. How can you claim expensive with a fucking KitKat when you're on 60, 70,000 a year you shouldn't be allowed
0: no well obviously there, there, aren't, there aren't many honest politicians around in my opinion and obviously the expenses rails are, are quite something um, I'm not going to claim to know a lot of the detail but you do you do tend to think that when you see some of these itemised things and what they are claiming expenses for you think mm, it feels a bit unfair that public money's kind of paying for this stuff But
1: you shouldn't be allowed any expenses whatsoever no I agree but yeah Okay, that's one topic I do not like. Yeah,
0: especially when you've got doctors, uh, police, fire service, the military, etc., etc., all massively underpaid for what they do. Um,
1: yeah. Not, I would not... never affect any politician. None of them. Any, any, zero of them. Because hmm. they're all the same. Oh, because they have do the best. Labour, they're all scumbags looking out for whatever they want to do. Whatever they promise, they never do
0: most of them are just trying to make a name and I think that's the problem with Boris he wants to go down fucking history which is why he's trying to force this no deal Brexit through which or sorry shit deal Brexit now but there we go anyway we have descended once more 20 minutes of absolute bullshit stuff Um, so let's uh, let's get on to the topic shall we if we've got nothing else to add
1: any politicians watching come on let's debate over your bullshit expenses
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah well um that's not going to happen. Nah, it's not going to happen. As I say, we should probably maybe just start a political podcast. That'd be quite interesting.
1: I've no clue about
0: it. I know very little, if I'm honest. I I think I'm a, you know like obviously do you you listen to Joe Rogan sometimes, don't you? Yeah, quite a lot. Like he he talks about stuff like he's quite well in depth on things and like he knows like basically enough about it. Um and I kind of feel like sometimes this sounds really weird actually now for me saying this because it probably sounds really arrogant, but sometimes I feel like I know enough about stuff to sound like I know about it. You know what I mean? But I don't really know anything about it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So i like, obviously like Brexit or politics or anything. Sometimes I can, and to be fair, you could say the same about nutrition. (laughs) I I know enough kind of things to say like, where if no one knows any better, it's like I know what I'm talking about. But um,
1: yeah. No, I get it.
0: So um, let's get on to the topic. Anyway, so we um, we had um, uh, well a, a comment in one of our uh, private or in our private nutrition group around um, some support that we can offer people. and We often do. So we kind of ask people what their barriers are, and we try and give them some kind of guidance or support. Obviously, all free. So it's, it's just obviously free on Facebook. One thing we did get asked about was intermittent fasting, and asked about our thoughts on it. So. Um, a young uh, lady called Tony, uh, Tony, she, um, I can't remember if it was just what the context was really, but she basically just, I just basically said that I would do a, a Facebook Live and kind of our thoughts on on what intermittent fasting is about, um, whether it's good or bad or ugly or whatever. And then I thought, well, actually, why don't we just open it up as, because it could make quite a good topic for the podcast. So, hence, today we're going to talk about intermittent fasting for... Mainly for, obviously, the, the, I think the content is mainly around weight loss. So I think Tony basically just started it, but we can maybe touch on kind of like any of the evidence for uh, health effects as well of, of intermittent fasting. So, how does that sound, Jonathan? It sounds like a party. You do sound like you're really up for it, you, you sound very energetic. i
1: have got to be, I'm not saying quiet, but relatively quiet. Yeah. Well, do, bad. Okay, fair she's enough. Got a, she's got a bit of a a small cold, and she's a bit temperamental. She does wake up quite a lot.
0: Yeah, you don't really want that to happen because obviously, a man of having now two children,
1: that is quite annoying. Yeah, but not fair as so I don't. We got we count five minutes for the first one. If she go over five, we we'll go in, turn her over, next time, we count ten minutes, we'll go in. If we've never gone the second time ever. All right. Well, not since we uh, are sleep person. Yeah. Anyway, that's just de- degenerating again. Off topic.
0: Sorry. Um, so, we obviously are talking about the health effects of intermittent fasting, um, and also, I guess, what evidence is there around, is it uh, better for either weight loss or performance, I suppose. So, I suppose more talking around muscle gain, that type of thing, really. So, um, I want to start with just just one thing, because this is something that kind of, it's a little bugbear of mine, but not not really like a massive deal, but I think it's worth kind of talking about in terms of intermittent fasting um, is one thing, but a lot of people confuse it as well with a lot of the, the terms used in the literature of like time-restricted feeding. Now, they're not necessarily the same thing. However, people tend to use both terms quite like interchangeably. Is that even a word? Interchangeably? If I just made that word up.
1: This sounds, sounds like a word to me.
0: If it isn't a word, it should be because it sounds like a really good word. Interchangeably. Yeah. Interchangeably?
1: I'll go with it. I'm happy with it.
0: <laughs> Basically, people use the, the these two different terms for the same thing. Which I suppose for today's podcast we'll do the same. Just, you know, it's a bit like the clean eating thing, you know. Oh, you can't use that. What does that even mean? It's like people know what it fucking means. Let's not let's not be anal about it. Um so I'll do the same. So although I will kind of define both. So intermittent fasting generally used for something where um Fasting is, is kind of used over a number of days. So often intermittent fasting will be you'll heard heard of like uh, the concepts of like the 5-2 diet. So where someone um, eats normally for five days and either fasts on no or like a very low calorie, like 500 calories, say, for two days. Um, or you might get uh, any manner of, you know, three, four or whatever. I don't know. Whereas time-restricted feeding is generally just kind of shortening your window. So it's a bit more linear, uh, not linear, uh, consistent. But you'll just see... Where, like, it might be like sixteen eight, so it's generally more. It's just time restricted in a day. So, basically, people might have a sixteen hour fast and an eight hour time window of eating. So, start eating at midday and finish at eight PM. Yeah, Are you I think that's me? a pretty good, uh, pretty good summary. Good. Well, that's just, and obviously, like, mo- the, the only reason it's worth mentioning is because obviously the the literature is different for both, um, albeit there isn't. As much literature on either that as I kind of would have thought, given how popular, like intermittent fasting, especially if if we're just going to use that phrase. Although, like I say, I do think, like, and I've, we, we're, all, we're all guilty of it, we've used intermittent fasting, we really probably mean like time restricted feeding. But by the by, I think there is, bearing how popular those concepts are nowadays, I'm surprised at how little actual evidence for like health improvements or not evidence, sorry, actual research. Uh, for health improvements, or or kind of like for the performance or body composition
1: side that there is, well yeah, skin has been relatively popular for what, four, five years maybe. Well, when was the, well, is, like, it? Well, thinking, to diet broad about. Uh, God,
0: God knows. Um, I could Google it and find out. I when did I first? I'd like, be honest. It's probably only last, maybe probably longer than that. Probably six or seven years ago. I probably heard of it, but that couldn't have been like new out then.
1: Been well, you know, on for a long time, it? and yeah. it's just yeah. what someone's done. is It's always the same with all these diets, they've been around for donkey's years. Someone's just branded it something and made it sound like it's magical, and they believe their own hype yeah. and try make you believe it by you know talking shit most of the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't be yeah. wrong, obviously, there is religious fasting that's been on forever, as, yes, as far as we know. So, um, it's not exactly a new concept, <laughs> let's be honest.
1: You know, thousands and thousands of viewers,
0: even. Yeah, actually, do you know I said about seven years ago? So, according to Wikipedia, the modding type of intimate fasting, the 5 2 diet, began in the UK in 2012. So, actually, I was bang on.
1: I, just, I, wonder, I thought it'd be longer
0: than that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought when I heard about it, it was new. It's, it's Maybe I thought it was something I found out that had been in existence already, but clearly when I found out, maybe the book had just come out or something. I don't know because I think it was a it was a. I think this doesn't actually say. I'm sure it was come. It was obviously an individual came up with that concept and wrote a book on it. So, um, where is it? BBC Television Horizon documentary. Eat fast and live longer. It's a best selling book became widely practiced, so obviously the far too diet. So. Um. I guess the point is obviously intermittent fasting people that know is obviously intermittent energy restriction so that's why i say less for the, the this this co- this podcast and this concept let's just not worry too much about whether we're talking about intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding because to be honest i don't really feel like the evidence suggests that there's a huge difference between the two albeit there's obviously some stuff about chrononutrition and basically your timing of your eating um might have some effect on some things like glucose um, sensitivity or insulin sensitivity and or glucose tolerance I should say and those types of things which to be honest I don't know enough about to really talk about but it'll be cool to hear more as and when that, that kind of stuff or the evidence of these research comes out in, in time restricted feeding and then therefore like time, uh, I don't know what term you would use for that but basically your placement of eating well like whether basically eating late at night kind of disrupts your circadian rhythm and then that has this this cardiometabolic effects of, or issues or metabolic issues that you know eating late at night might mean that it's not particularly healthy for you, which I think we know a lot of that already, and given even some of the the research in there in like shift workers and stuff where people are obviously eating late at night and then they're not having particularly great um tolerance to, to obviously like again glucose or like they've got particularly poor insulin sensitivity and fucked up appetites and this type of stuff so. and
1: the shift worker they can attest to those things yeah in terms of appetite after because obviously you've got your first night shift, so you're up all day, and then you're up all night, you're up 24 hours. I'm extremely hungry after the end, at the end. Mm. Various way It's difficult to control it sometimes.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, so talking about the evidence, so there's obviously, like, we've obviously, prior to the call, was obviously discussing the systematic review that was done in 2015 on the health effects of intermittent fasting. Um, and I'm, there was very few actual clinical trials or very few even um, observational clinical outcomes that were like st- included in this meta-analysis, basically, because there isn't actually that much on humans. A lot of it's done in rats. And I think like the ones that are done in rats and some other animal models, they did show some promise in that some of the health markers they were looking at in these animals did all improve with um, like a, a fasting model of some sort. So whether it is like a 5-2 or a time-restricted feeding of, of basically just compressing their eating hours of in a day, but having a kind of like a more... Um, what's the word? I keep using the, the, words, use the word linear, but it's not what I mean. Consistent, I suppose, eating rather than kind of like, you know, five days on, two days off kind of thing. Um, which is great, but we're obviously not animals. So it is hard to then extrapolate into something else. Um, I think obviously... <sighs> The, the, with with animals it's easy to obviously as well make sure that or with animals you can basically mean that people are are weight stable and you can also extrapolate some of the effects because I think a lot of the research done on animals they've managed to kind of keep them weight neutral throughout the study so yeah. you know, what we do know a lot of the research on humans and this is for like lots of research on basically healthy diets optimal diets in humans we said this last week that a lot of the research that shows improvement in health markers all align with weight loss as well. A lot of, so it's hard to extrapolate the difference of what is that causal mechanism? Is it the weight loss? Is it the actual um, mechanistic type of eating that we're looking at? I.e., you know, low carb, high carb, or a specific type of diet, or fasting, or whatever. It's hard to really do that in humans. Now, with with animals, I know that they 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 can easily you know maintain and keep these animals weight neutral because they basically stop feeding them and then they overfeed them and animals will then overfeed to keep their their weight basically neutral across the study whereas with humans the research out there does tend to show that humans don't overeat and they or or sorry they don't compensate i should say rather than overeat so again we have this issue with humans that those that have shown like this improved health markers we can't really say whether it's the fasting is a specific mechanism or something that's caused by fasting that does improve things around like diabetes and coronary artery disease, artery disease and some of the other effects that we're looking at in, in these trials and, and these studies. Or is it the weight loss? So that's a difficult thing, right?
1: You could probably say is the weight loss can you I'm not say it definitely is, but you would have thought of new.
0: Well, that just, just, I'll let you go on. Sorry, mate. I didn't mean to cut you off, but. I think the fact that this seems that seems to be quite a consistent thing that you can basically come across lots of different studies that show improvement of health markers. Weight loss is is like almost the consistent variable, whereas the method seems to change in all of them. I.e., you know, like I said, low carb, high carb, intermittent fasting, or keto, or you know, insert type of diet here. Those things like Mediterranean diets, say a lot of them improve health, but they also align with weight loss. So, whereas, so I guess if you're looking at like the one consistent. That tends to be it. You might be pointing at that as maybe the thing, not all of the inconsistencies.
1: Look at the blue zones. Was it the highest? What is that? how do they define a blue zone? Highest number of centenarians. Number of centenarians yeah. I mean, they, they've all got different diets, but they're all what seems to be like the healthiest people on earth, and if they all got high different diets, high carb to low carb, it's like well. That's difference you can probably suggest over that it's not a particular diet that causes all these health markets to improve, but rather you know, maintaining a healthy weight or losing weight from being overweight. Nutrition isn't complicated to get healthier, is it? It's made to be complicated to be all these fancy diets that people want to butcher and make sound like it's the best. Yeah,
0: I mean, just so go go, in, go into this meta-analysis. Like, obviously, what should happen really here is we should go through each and every one of the obviously the the studies that are included in the the analysis, um, the criteria, the methods, etc., and then kind of go through what the discussion and outcomes were. But we're not going to do on the podcast. Obviously, it's way, 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 way too much work. Because you'll all be bored, and you'll be bored shitless. Yeah. But just looking at like the results of the meta analysis just based on a couple of lines just to get a bit of an idea of the outcomes that the um uh, authors fucking hell, Jesus Christ. It's late, Johnny, isn't it? It's like ten o'clock on a Sunday night. Can't even think wow. of the word author. Um the authors basically said like based, three randomized control controlled clinical trials of fasting humans were identified and the results were published in five articles, all of which evaluate the effects of fasting on surrogate outcome improvements in weight and other risk related outcomes were found in three trials so in the three trials so again this is where i I mentioned right it's difficult to extrapolate the cause of these improved health things by saying is it weight loss or is it the fasting because as i say they were studying fasting but all of these also saw improvements in weight and other risk related outcomes so again you can't really say what was the cause and effect there, because it could just be the weight loss they also said two, two observational clinical outcomes studies in humans were found in which fasting was associated with a lower prevalence of um, CAD, coronary disease, or diabetes diagnosis. No randomised controlled trials of fasting for cli- clinical outcomes were identified. So again, very actual little evidence in humans that they could look at to say, well, is you know intermittent fasting actually good for health?
1: Or is it just the weight loss itself? Or is it just the weight loss, yeah. Well, it's probably, it's probably that, isn't it? Yeah. Anyone who loses weight, if you're overweight, is going to be healthier. Mm-hmm. And all-cause mortality is probably going to decrease. And quality of life.
0: Quality of life. Your, your knees are going to hurt walking around if you're overweight kind of thing, you know?
1: Well, well, exactly. It's like, well, sleep apnea. How how, how many people are are very overweight who got sleep apnea? Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. I think I read, I did read, I don't know why I was reading about, it, but I read, and the, and the the numbers were astronomically high. I think it was, just, I read in a sleep book, funnily enough, and they talk me about sleep apnea in there, and it's like, the amount of people who are grossly overweight who've got that is incredibly high. Yeah. It's yeah. so, like, losing weight will dramatically increase your cognitive, because you sleep more, you sleep better, so your memory's better, your brain functions better, you are functionally better. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I anecdotally I can say for certain like let's say anecdotally to take it open salt but for certain that the people that I know are are quite overweight all tell me that they, they are oh sorry they all tell me the amount of times I hear them when I talk to them say oh I didn't sleep well last night or oh I had a, oh, such a poor night's sleep or oh, I was so tired and obviously sleep apnea is such a, a as you say a, a huge um, diagnosis in people that are overweight or not diagnosis for a lot of them obviously a lot of them don't seek support for it but yeah it's such a big problem
1: and it's easily, well, easily, well, it is easily solved, it? But, you know, losing weight is easy physiologically, but obviously mentally is more the problem, isn't it? Yeah,
0: it's simple, yeah. not easy.
1: That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, just so going to go into the conclusion of this meta-analysis, so I guess their conclusion was basically that the evidence is sparse. I mean I can read it out. Clinical research studies of fast and robust designs and high levels of clinical evidence are sparse in the literature. Whereas the few randomized control trials and observational clinical outcome studies support the existence of a health benefit from fasting, substantial further research in humans is needed before the use of fasting as a health intervention can be recorded. So I guess that kinda of that aligns with what we were saying in that there's actually little evidence out there um that we can we can really use. Now absence of evidence isn't evidence of absence so it doesn't necessarily mean that the 100% don't but what they are saying is that substantial research in humans is probably needed before we really give out proper um, evidence based or evidence backed I suppose guidance or information on, on how it could be like a health intervention for people to improve their you know, their health and well being
1: Because it is surprising actually so little on a topic that's quite large and you can't really look at animals and say, oh yeah, that's going to work in humans, Last time to be in humans, because I think Lyle McDonald says, not ever, 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 or will there ever be a study done on rats, or, or animals that ever translates to humans, that's a big call is isn't it? None ever. It is a, big...
0: a, it is a big call. You sound about kids, well, I've just heard my little girl, just like must be sound like she's just been kicking the bed, gun, boom, 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 boom with her feet, and now she's now crying out. Don't know if you heard that, but I'll let I'll let Jenna sort that out. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is a big call, but I think it's fair because obviously yeah. we're 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 more complex than rats. Um, ironically, things like fruit flies, I think, have a lot more in common than with in terms of some of their mechanism stuff. Which obviously, some of the research in fruit flies, people then kind of tried to translate over to like human. Which again, I still think's a long stretch, mind you, but. <sighs> I'm not sure whether I would go as far as say I would throw every single study out immediately because, but I do think like you have to put very little value or weight into it. I think compared, I think you you do need to start seeing human studies before you do it because, you know, this thing in fasting is a prime example. They've seen um, in in humans there's, there's almost no evidence that uh, fasting improves health in humans that have remained weight neutral because there is no evidence that shows people remain in weight neutral in fasting because people have all lost weight like, like in the meta analysis we've just seen. Um, whereas, like in animals, there's tons of it that's improved health markers in animals, and they've remained weight neutral. It just doesn't translate yeah. over to when they're done it in humans. It'd be the same. So, you can, I yeah. guess that does back up Lyle's point, really, in that you kind of really have to take a pinch of salt when they when people come to you with evidence in animals. Albeit ethically and financially, or for whatever reason, lots of studies will just never be done in humans because it's not ethical to do it in humans. So. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes those exactly. models are all that we we can rely on. So,
1: I think with the with the, the, the way Facebook is and Instagram and Twitter, all these social medias, or even the media and Netflix and stuff, people who don't are not science, and haven't got a science background. Like we haven't got a science background, you know, no. from school and like that. If someone keeps telling you about a subject and they keep citing animals, as you could all you couldn't just go like that whatever, just disregard it because you know if all i have got is animals, you know the quality of evidence they're suggesting is very poor. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, until you've got like a meta-analysis which is a study of studies which have been done in humans and are high quality, then you can look at actually, well, let's consider this. I mean, because there's loads of stuff going, yeah, in animals, mate, the same. it's like the Asparta where they, where they bloody, basically, they could have 300 cans of coke in a rat and he got some disease, some, it's like, well, that's never going to translate to humans because what want takes and drink 300 cans of fucking coke a day. Yeah,
0: so that's it. have it injected directly into your brain. So.
1: That's the big thing you got to go is it? Or, ah, oh, if I just read a bad feel. Why? Because you've done studies in rats and you've dramatically overdosed. Well, they should be, which you never, never come near. It's like, basically, just, you just disregard animal studies pretty much if a man keeps citing them to you. Mostly, yeah.
0: I mean, I do want to go back to ab- evidence of absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. That's true. Like that is absolutely true. Just because we don't have evidence, of, like it's basically the same principle of like we don't know whether aliens, there's no evidence that aliens exist as such. Well, some people believe there is, but there's you know most people haven't ever seen the evidence that aliens exist, but it doesn't mean they don't. It's true, so, and it, and obviously there, that is very much true still in the scientific space in health and fitness, but. Uh, I don't think there's going to be too much new stuff coming out really other than maybe like gut health and things where all yeah. of a sudden going to get something new and fantastic coming out. I think we know most things or well, we might not know the mechanism of stuff, but I think we've, we've kind of studied enough stuff now to know that there probably isn't going to be anything really special now come out. There's going to be tweaks and change. I mean like fasting, I suppose if we keep this to the concept of fasting, I guess we can say, well, what, what do we use fasting for then? Like where is it, where it might be, where might it be used or what is its applicability? I suppose. So, are we just saying it's shit, don't ever do it, or are we saying actually there is no, a, there is a point maybe for fasting?
1: It can definitely be used. Like I've got a Carolyn Klein who who fasts simply because she's got a couple of children who obviously go to school, got activities, so she ends up getting them ready for school, sort them out, takes them to school, and then goes to work. So it doesn't tend to eat till the twelve or one o'clock. So maybe sometimes even two o'clock. So for her. For me to say to her now, right, you need to have breakfast, that, span, that puts a span in the works of her day routine, which will inevitably put unnecessary stress on her to eat breakfast. And psychologically, she knows or she might think that, oh, if I don't eat breakfast, I'm off plan. And if you're off plan mentally, for most people, that is the trigger for, oh, I forget. Let's just be off plan all day. Mm-hmm. And something like that, which is so tiny, can affect a diet or because you've, you've tried to force particularly a method on someone that's not gonna suit. So, intermittent end a fast for her is ideal. Like for me, I'm hungry in the morning, so generally for me to intermittent fast, not all the time, depends what I'm doing, but it tends for me to feel hungrier than I would normally be at like 10, 11 o'clock, so I get the more chance of overeating. Mm-hmm. That's just me. However, I have, I can go, which is a strange, not breakfast, onwards, I like I usually after eat breakfast, so I can go from like ten or eleven to like five mm-hmm. not worry about it. Like we done it in London I, I wasn't hungry because I knew I've got we got the rest on the whatever it was, our five thing in the end it was. But so I didn't eat. So I didn't feel because I was occupied as well. Yeah. It it does depend on your lifestyle. Um it's like if you're a sportsman who's like know, like a triathlete, is it really gonna work for you? Probably not because the fuel you need to generate and need to put into yourself probably doesn't put a bit too much stress on your GI in like three meals or whatever or in eight hours. So for them, probably not as applicable. Like if you're a high-level professional sportsman, you probably train multiple hours a day. And if you want to be at the peak of your performance all the time, but not all the time, you're probably not going to be able to fast and maintain performance you know, all year round. But if you're someone who's got a busy life, who has a couple of kids who go to get ready in the morning, who goes, who does a school run, then goes to work, then gets ready for work. Obviously some places you just can't eat. You know, you've got set breaks, you maybe you get first break at 12. Then for you, then it makes sense for you to fast. Um, like if you're going out, you can use, you may not fast generally because you may not get on with it, but you know, right, if I'm, if you're calorie-restricted, you've got um, a goal to aim for, you're going on a holiday, whatever, you can go, right, I've been asked out on a Saturday night. I don't want to say no. I still want to be social. You can go, right, actually I'll fast in the morning, save some calories, put it in the night. So you can use it fit the fast in that way. To help you be social, so intermittent fasting has its place, and it does work for people. But it's not that intermittent fasting is special. It's because it helps that person create a calorie deficit easier than another method. Yeah,
0: yeah, I concur. Uh, I would say the the biggest applicability. So, if we're ignoring the stuff we've already talked about for health. Where's it? Does it fit your lifestyle? Does it make you adhere to a calorie deficit? It's,
1: well, exactly. That that's the principle. It's like if you're focusing on a method to lose weight without understanding the principle, you will fail. Yeah.
0: Actually, just I, I just I just want to go back on that actually because I feel like maybe a lot of our content and we've had a couple people call us up on this or call us out on this to say a lot of our content's weight loss focused. And actually, sorry, what I should say does it help you adhere to your diet, whatever that may be, whether it is maintenance or you know, I'd argue fasting for um, muscle gain and trying to eat the surplus is, for a lot of people, a bit counterintuitive because shortening your meal frequency probably just means you're finding it a lot harder to get in the food, like you said about the old principle you, you talked about in terms of an athlete trying to eat meals and, and train. Um, probably not ideal, but anyway, I just thought it was worth saying that.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, an assistant, I've forgotten. All right,
0: well, sorry. I, what? sorry, that's why I butt in. Sorry, mate. Um, I, just thought oh. you, I just thought it was worthwhile saying obviously that we're not, it's not necessarily about a calorie deficit as such because you, you may not be trying to lose weight but you might just try and find a way of eating that helps you maintain your weight and if it's a case of skipping breakfast just stops you overeating by a meal and therefore you'll then maintain your weight brilliant
1: like in my opinion if you're trying to gain muscle intermittent fasting is not the way forward for me personally no but obviously meal frequency as we know doesn't it's not special for metabolism, but to, to to try and gain maximum amount of muscle, which is very hard, then having as many protein feedings as you can while still being aware, obviously you can't just eat every hour of protein because the refractory period blah, blah, blah is more, is better for gaining mass or muscle than it is in intermittent fasting, maybe doing three meals a day. Yeah. Three, let, let three let six a day, day. Huh?
0: I'll just say, let me just quantify that, just because obviously, I just want people to understand what you meant by eat as many as you can. And I know you said, obviously, the, about the refractive period, but people might not have listened to so they know what you mean. So what Johnny's saying is having regular protein feedings is better than having, say, one over the day. Um, when he says regular, he means probably ideally spaced out two to four hours apart, because there is a period of where you can't stimulate the protein generation, basically um after having some so it's basically like you can't re-stimulate really it half an hour later so you couldn't basically just eat protein all day and get jacked you have to kind of let it let it kind of dip down the baseline and then go again which is why we say every two to four hours just thought it's worth saying that
1: well it is yeah so ideally if you're going to have six weeks a day and it's probably going to be better than three you know <clears throat> how that translates to 10 years of training three to six weeks a day with protein being mashed and carrots being mashed who knows yeah I-
0: I also want to just jump in again in there then, because I'm glad you said it, and I think this works in quite well in, obviously, the one study that recently came, or say recently, how, when was this, 2017, is it? 16. So a study that came out in 2016 by a billion authors. So I'm not gonna, they're like Morrow, Tinsley, Bianco, Marcolin, Pacelli, Battaglia, Palmer, that's Gentle, Nilly, and Pawe, Paoli. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so that's why I didn't want to read them out. But basically, this 2016 study did come out on Intuit Fasting. Um, and it's called the effects of eight weeks of time restricted feeding 16 8. So, obviously, not intermittent fasting, excuse me, on uh, basal metabolism, maximal strain, body composition, inflammation, cardiovascular risk factors in resistance training. cure. <laughs> Sorry, this I'm drinking a drink that's really gassy, um, which is rude for me to do on a podcast. So, anyway, the reason I thought it was worth saying that now is because you just said about obviously how that translates over to 10 years of training. We won't really, or we don't. We probably won't ever really know, because um, I guess we're never going to get the funding to do a ten-year study on, on enough people to really kind of nail down, you know, the the outcomes of the, following this actual protocol. Is it does it actually lead to the right outcomes, or is it? Do we just have to look at the mechanistic stuff, which is unfortunately probably what we have to do. So, but we do have this study, which was eight weeks, which is something on trained people, which between a intermittent fasting group even though it's time-restricted feeding, they were called the intermittent fasting group. The intermittent fasting group versus the non-fasting group, i.e. basically the intermittent fasting group skipped breakfast and the other group didn't skip breakfast. Um, there was no significant difference in fat-free mass in terms of from start to finish. So they obviously followed a training plan and they all gained fat-free mass. Uh, sorry, yeah, they all gained fat-free mass. But there was no significant difference between two groups. So it kind of shows you really that does undermine a little bit what you said in that... Yeah. They prob there they shouldn't actually make a difference whether you're fasting or not or your protein feeds necessarily because I guess the only thing I will say is like I'm trying to find where how, what meals they had. I think they I think they, they might have even still all had three meals though, so maybe if I think from memory. No, no, yeah, they did. So the IF people had meals at one PM, four PM and eight PM and the other had at eight PM, one PM, eight PM. So I guess actually meal frequency was the same.
1: So okay. I and, would say it. No significant difference becomes potentially very significant if you're at the top of the tree, yeah.
0: And, and, and over been, 10 years,
1: no. huh? and over 10 years, it might make you, like 10 we're, years. this.
0: We're talking about eight weeks here, like who I knows think, if that's different over 10 years.
1: I think for general population, they say, Oh, you, or you could gain an extra pound of muscle in 10 years by eating five instead of four meals. People are going to go, I don't give a shit about a pound, yeah. but if you go to a pro boy where I get a pound, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I agree. No question. Like I think any Olympic athlete, I think I know it's a bit irrelevant, but then they ask Olympic athletes, would you win a gold medal and talk like fifteen years off your life and they go, oh, Yep
0: Yeah, would no yeah.
1: Question, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So it's yes I think I think some of the stuff in nutrition is exaggerated like meaning are freaking for muscle gain in general because general pop have really got the genetics really to to, to worry about an extra couple of pound of muscle or an extra couple of, I don't know, a percent or two body fat less. For what? I mean, you're not competitive. If you were competitive, yeah, you would probably want to do things by the book all the time. But for most of us, normal people, then these strategies, as long as they keep you sticking to the diet are enough. Having six meals every day and walking around with the Tupperware is probably not going to make that much of a difference across your training life unless you're going to be an Olympic athlete or a Mr. Olympia or it's your job to be in shape all the time. Yeah.
0: So to round up before we move on to the last segment of the show, um, nothing really special about intermittent fasting. Use it if it makes you to your diet, which is basically what Johnny just said. Um for health benefits could be some but not enough evidence to really give any true guidance on it so we don't really know certainly the evidence also aligns with weight loss it could just be the weight loss i also just the reason i want to round it up like this is because i also want to mention what we talked about in terms of uh mark mcdonald's one saying there is potential that even just having like lower periods of carbohydrates might mimic a lot of the same benefits that you get from fasting so maybe you don't even have to fast. Maybe you can just have like a protein sparing modified fast or like protein and fat and just have a low carb breakfast or low carb dinner or just have a period where you don't eat carbs all day. So you might be like you don't have any carbs for breakfast or lunch and then just have them for dinner or maybe not don't need to be that long. Maybe it might just be a case of, you know, skipping breakfast or just having, you know, a high protein, no carb breakfast. And then so that and that might just be enough to kind of mimic some of the health benefits. Who knows? We don't really have the research on it, but um and then for performance the one study we've got to look to basically showed from a muscle or body composition, no difference. So probably not something to worry about. Like Johnny said, unless you really want to the optimal, then I think we would all anecdotally agree that our opinions would be that having fasting for muscle gain purposes is probably not ideal, and that um, you probably want to have protein at least to, to spike, spike protein as much as you can in terms of regularly having uh, servings of it, rather than kind of going. All of your protein in one meal because you want to fast all day. That being said, I would still say adherence trumps everything. Well,
1: yeah, it does because if you can't it you will never get to. It, it wouldn't be anyway. I yeah.
0: say so if you're not going to stick to a plan or a specific diet dietary protocol um, because you enjoy something another method, then I would say just follow the method that you enjoy. I if it is eating even if it is eating one meal a day and fasting for the rest of the time, if that's what you enjoy, then then go yep. with it
1: that's the thing and as long as you're in a calorie deficit for weight loss then it doesn't matter what you do really as long as you what method you use as long as you create an a calorie deficit and this is the take on you can ignore every diet that ever comes out which there will be loads of will all work well you'd think if it's a like half tiny one will all make you get into a calorie deficit and makes you lose weight because no veganism is very very big now but it's coming very big and there's so much bullshit with it they can't just say yeah if you're a bit overweight you're probably best off eating mostly plants that doesn't mean to go vegetarian it just means eat more fruit and veg for fuck's sake yeah.
0: it basically, be- basically means don't eat like a dickhead or a child
1: yeah and it's like again rather than it having yeah, most people I say most people there's for a lot of vegans out there we realise it's and lifestyle choice and they do it probably for the preservation of animals which i can see the point um but it's like again it comes down to the extremists who it's like with every day they've, they've done it they've seen results or they've lost weight and now it's like everyone must go this and they try and force their wrong views on other people like if you're a vegan fair enough but don't force your opinion on somebody else who doesn't agree with what you're saying yeah. it's yeah. just like it gets butchered like every day it gets butchered by someone who wants to make money like Arnold's doing it they've lost all respect they had for him from what he's done with this new programme you built your body on meat you're bringing out a feminine vegan protein and now you're going to run off of about this fucking vegan nonsense it's like come on mate everyone you've ever come across on that show is nowhere near world class in any of these sports it's like come on Mike mm. Anyway, it's the same thing. Diet gets butchered, people follow it. The next stupid thing comes along, they'll follow that, and they will end up being in exactly the same place they were 20 years ago because they still don't believe that it's as easy as eat less calories. Yeah,
0: We we did get a comment, actually, on the talk on Monday after so I did in one of the consults. So she, the, a young lady did say, oh, I felt like you may be a little bit negative about vegan and vegetarians. Um, and I was like, well i be honest we had no I, I kind of was very political I said I didn't really have any emotional or kind of ethical conversations around veg, vegetarianism or veganism because basically we were purely talking about the evidence suggests that they're not healthier diets as such and they can actually produce a health halo effect where people become more unhealthy because they put on weight by eating them because they think they don't realize that health foods um, or healthful foods are not necessarily what drives weight loss or weight gain so I said Yes, it is perfectly reasonable to to be a vegan or vegetarian, um, and there's definitely, obviously, ways to do it, but there's, like, any diet, good ways and bad ways. So we didn't mean to sound necessarily negative, but obviously the evidence in terms of veganism and vegetarianism for health, like you say, in the blue zones, where none of them are vegan and only one of the groups are actually vegetarian, all of the rest eat meat, yet they all live in the longest. So that's kind of a lot of the evidence, or the only evidence that you need, really, to kind of suggest that, well, you can eat, animal products and and be as helpful or more helpful. So yeah, we don't mean to be negative. And Johnny didn't you didn't mean to be that negative about vegetarian and veganism just then, did you? Oh, but it's, it's negative it's,
1: about people with dickheads about it. Yeah.
0: That's the problem, is when you get people that are so forceful and, and spread their views on stuff, you just then overreact, don't you? I don't mean you, I mean like the raw you, yeah. as in like we all do. We we tend to just push back probably too hard the other way then. Probably more harder than we should do. But you just can't help it. It's obviously human nature.
1: I go to vegan and we can have banter about it. Mm-hmm. And she's not a novel about it. I'm not not to her about it. I go, I understand where you're coming from, and she goes, I understand why we meet. I just don't like it because I don't like the killing of animals. I said, right, that's fine. And she doesn't like. She doesn't think, oh, it's the best diet in the world. She's even said, I know there's other diets in the world that are easier to set up and easier to lose weight from. I just like this way of And I go, right, that's fine. Yeah. Well, the problem comes you have got obviously these documentaries. Yep. That propaganda. Uh, and not will be funny, if you think James Cameron is anything to do with anything factual, you're fucking mental for one. He's a film producer who f- produces fiction films for so one. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it, Lewis Hamilton's in it. You've got no credible scientists in there. It, like, come on. But that's the thing, it? that's the nutrition industry all over. Yes. You've got people yeah. in every camp in keto, intermittent fasting, vegan, whatever. There's always the extremes that really mess up what potentially is a good way of eating that people push back against because people talk absolute nonsense about it. It's like, every, like a plant-based diet is should be probably be the basis of everybody's diet, and I mean plant-based as in most of your food from fruit and veg. And things you get like legumes, all that sort of stuff, and then <laughs> add some meat, add some other things on top of it. That's a sensible diet.
0: Yep. So but you speak
1: butchered. You are. Say again. It's, it's butchered too often? It's butchered. It's butchered.
0: I, I want to get back to what you said about uh, so a good way of eating. So, um, unlying all that, we're going to move on to good product, bad product. blah, <laughs> bob, blah. Um, actually had no yeah. no Nothing bad. Bitch. Yeah. We had no bad products this week, so I've actually just got two really good products. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: better.
0: I just couldn't I was trying to find anything that I've tried this week that wasn't very good. And unfortunately, there aren't anything that I think was that I've tried which is not between, being particularly good. So um instead we've got these. So there's there is no guessing game. You're just gonna read them out. So I'm making lots of oh, rushes.
1: That's a very much American cereal isn't it, it is not its
0: that, is that focusing in or have I got to turn this focusing off again?
1: Let me turn it I off can see, again. I can see it there up. we go. There we go. Chocolate, toast crunch, mm, real cocoa and
0: cinnamon. So it's basically cinnamon, cinnamon toast crunch. So like basically curacy cinnamon or cinnamon grains or that type of thing. But chocolate flavoured as well. 12, kind of at, my... 12 out of 12. Not even going to guess if that's good or bad because it's a 12 out of 12. It's fucking amazing.
1: It's going to New York in December. Well, yeah. Whatever day, isn't it? She said, what do you want from New York? Do you want to get you anything? I said, All yeah. cereal. Cereal. Yeah. She said, do you mean cereal? I said, just give me, just go, oh, oh, and chocolate. Just give me some of these shitty cereal.
0: Other things, which I'm now eating again.
1: Salted caramel chocolate. Oh, now then. Now that could be, that deadly. That is deadly. You know? You're eating 1500 calories in a go.
0: Yeah, read it out. Salted
1: caramel, chocolate, peanut, and pretzel mix.
0: Yeah, so it's no. a mix of salted peanuts, pretzel pieces, caramel malt balls. Caramel peanuts and salted peanuts coated in white chocolate with caramel and caramel buttons.
1: Oh, how is a the bag?
0: Uh, 300 grams, and there is about... 800 calories? Uh, more than that, 16.50, just over. Oof, like and um, if you'd have been on last week, we had good product, bad product. I had a similar, in the same range. So last week's one was something like um, mocha-covered peanuts, or something like that. Oh, I think it's mocha peanuts, cappuccino malt balls, dark chocolate bits and I don't know, something else. Basically it was just as ridiculous as this. It was amazing. And I said to them, like, basically don't buy it because if you buy it, that is 1500 calories gone because you will eat the whole bag and a it go. It's that yeah. amazing. And to This, be fair, this, this is, is where? This is similar.
1: This is where you need to be careful. Another bit of advice to you. This is where you need to be careful with trigger foods and flexible dieting. And when people say you can eat whatever you want, if you have a bag of these and you know you're going to eat all the pack, do not buy them.
0: That's not, not even a, that's not even instantly. knowing you'll eat all the bag. You yeah. will eat all the bag. Really no don't. one has that much willpower.
1: No. So it's like, yes, you need to eat. Way, way I way mean, well.
0: them right now.
1: But just don't bother. You do not eat them. Like some people, I like it with chocolate. Just don't buy the chocolate. Um, I'm they
0: reading. A, I'm reading a book at the minute called Slim by Design by. The uh, fabulous Brian Wansick is obviously a researcher in, in um obesity. And um, I will say the whole point of the book is basically about designing your life so that you basically do the same thing as slim people. And it's all about exactly that. Managing your environment and managing and designing everything you do to basically stop you eating as much.
1: I do think gonna be part of it. But I think if you do it for so long, you just it just becomes automatic Yeah. Like I know this might be sad as me, but I look at every food look and I think I try and put a calorie value on it everything all the time so I know right I know maybe that's roughly about that and then you're looking at steps and how can I get more steps in I don't want to use the car I'd rather go for a walk you do get into that mindset of, and it's just it's just second nature but oh.
0: yeah I was going to say that point about second nature is really important though because it's like listener, it sounds like a chore oh you don't think of that dear that sounds like fucking no way to live Problem is, is you don't think of it as good or bad. You just think about something you do, so it doesn't. De- it's not a detriment to your life by doing it.
1: How many, how many thoughts, how many bullshit thoughts you have a day? Probably thousands. Yeah. To me, it's just another thought. How, how many, It helps.
0: Yeah. How many negative thoughts do people have about feeling uncomfortable about themselves, about their appearance, their weight? Like you know, how uncomfortable do you when their knees hurt because they can't get off the sofa because they're overweight, that type of thing. But you can change by just managing and changing some of your environment and your behaviors.
1: Maybe we should uh, have a have a thing on a podcast. What books have we've been reading? That's a lot of books. Time, yeah, so.
0: I'd, I'll be honest. I don't get through enough books to um, to be like one a year. Probably. I I with kids, mate. As you know, it's so hard to get through enough. And obviously, with other stuff, we could we should probably do something like what research papers we read. Because obviously, it'd probably be a bit more manageable. Cause you might read one a week rather than, and even that's not a lot. One a week. Some people read like one a day.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. That's yeah. A lot. And currently reading. I've bought a couple of books recently. I will so I'll just run through a couple of books i bought. I've actually bought the Hungry I did buy the Hungry Brain. Brilliant. But I haven't looked at it at all. Great book. To be honest with you. As intelligent as he is, he's very boring. <laughs> Sorry, but
0: he is he's not. The 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 right the writing's alright. Right. I can basically sum that book very easily for you to help you so you don't have to read it. Don't eat junk food. <laughs> It's true. It basically goes on about the whole reward centres and systems about why we overeat on junk food. And basically the idea is like, you eat less of it and you will crave less
1: of it. To go to about whole Fuck off, of Siri! If you have an I'm also reading um, check the home Dr. Carl Younger, is his name Junger. Modern In Search of Soul okay. psychology book. I haven't read much of that either. And the one I'm looking at, reading now, which is, very, which is very interesting to me as I read a lot of it, is Matthew Walker, Sleep, uh, yeah, Why we sleep. Yep. Do you know what I knew? It was important, but not like that. Yeah, the stuff the data he's gone there is incredible. I've now because I've been living on like six hours for probably years, two years. I'm thinking that's that's stopping, that's yeah. not happening anymore. Yeah, the, was, the, the book. I think the bit that he said they they compared if you did, if you was it, if you didn't. Four so like four or five nights sleep in a row of six hours, four or five nights in a row of six hours sleep dramatically reduces your cognitive function.
0: Isn't it not even that much? Is it like one or two or something? I didn't think it's even that much. I thought it was something like you can literally have two nights sleep of like poor sleep and that affects so many different health markers immediately.
1: And done on different hours. I think I think four hours or five hours is like two days, and it was like dramatically mm. overnight. If you just obviously stay up overnight, you. would when you're driving home like I have from nights you are literally drunk mm-hmm. same as a drunk person you've got the same you have in a day up to 400 micro sleeps mm-hmm. and it's like and he said it's Normal the case when I'm driving <laughs> yeah the, the more the less you sleep it's not a case of you know you sleep one night the graph goes right up and you, you're cognitively worse it doesn't level off just yeah. keeps go dramatically up like yeah. two days out of sleep three days it's unbelievable. Oh my God. Yeah, and and you, can't,
0: you can't like pay back a sleep deficit either.
1: No, I think he done, I think it was like five days or six hours sleep and they had three days, often like 12 hours sleep after and it's the brain still hadn't recovered. No, what it that's what I mean.
0: We've, when you've read that book, mate, we'll do an episode of, of what you learned in the book because um, I've not, I've not read all of his book. Actually, I've, I've read a couple of sleep books um, which were really interesting, and I think most of the stuff I did have read from his work, not his book, does align a lot with it. But obviously, it just comes down to the take home message: how important sleep is. Like, it, obviously, I know a lot of the tips in terms of how to get better sleep and stuff. Come down to like sleep hygiene and blue light, and you know, like I don't know, like melatonin production and stuff, and sup- maybe some supplements you can take. It's all that type of stuff. But yeah, we should probably get sleep expert on. But it'd be interesting to do. We'll do an episode of you what you've
1: learned. Yeah, it'd be good. Oh, yeah. I,
0: I've I've learned a fair amount because it's something that I've helped try to help quite a few clients with sleep. Just because I feel it's so important. So.
1: It'd be good to extract so if I can try again I'll try and like extract some like stuff he says because it's quite because the way he says like Jesus Christ that is shocking, mm. real bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm thinking so obviously since the light has been on, I'm thinking like I me, mean, my brain must be a mess. <laughs>
0: yeah. it, get, it gets to a point like sleep underpins every every single pillar of your health. Because if you don't have enough sleep, that then starts affecting everything else. Like we said, your appetite and your stress management and everything. And all of a sudden, everything falls to shit because you don't have enough sleep.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Um, anyway, we'll save that for another day because we're an hour ten now. So um, yeah, good. Enjoyed that. I liked. I liked talking about good. fasting. Hopefully, Tony, that was. If you listen, if you are listening to this, because I'll link you into our Facebook. Or I'll link on our Facebook group the episode. Um, that was enjoyable or useful.
1: Hopefully, it was. Yes, and just ignore the first 20 minutes. Yeah, actually, I'll probably tell her that. Yeah, Yeah. just ignore the first 20 minutes.
0: Right, it's late. I'm now going to um, extend my feeding window and eat some Oreos or some chocolate biscuits before I get to bed, probably.
1: I'm going to do a client update, and Eliza, as you can hear.
0: Whoa. (laughs) Yeah yes okay um, also just before we do go at one point I want to update on my experiment of intuitive eating which has been going on for the last three weeks so um, that'd be interesting or it could be called intuitive binging but either way
1: there's a guy who's munching on fucking nuts chocolate no, that's what I mean
0: Th- this is what I mean it's, there's nothing intuitive about no. our food environment
1: no we are calories no
0: um, anyway bonjour mate uh
1: no bonjour
0: Banjo. Or what? Banjo, Ashley. Who's that? Ashley Banjo.
1: Oh, a dancer. Yeah, a dancer. Banjo. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Bye. Right.
1: Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.